Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. Hosts of Eden, written and performed by Jay McFarland. Episode 11, The End and the Beginning. Last time on Hosts of Eden, Marion and her companions finally found the Genesis device. They figured out that some hosts are able to carry more than one scion or alien form. But before they could do anything else, Cain... The imposter president surprised them and was preparing to remove the flaming sword from Abel's arm. This would send him back into a new host and leave Cain in complete control. And to make things even worse, Shelby has taken over Mason at the worst possible time. Marion can see no possible way of escape. Secret Service agents are holding Abel, and Kane is getting ready to cut the flaming sword from Abel's arm. Marion is forced to watch, and she is resigned to the fact that this is the end of this crazy journey. I have to go potty, Johnny Shelby says. Marion sternly says to Shelby, Shelby, not now. Just stand still. Shelby's doing the potty dance. She goes up to Marion. Please, I can't wait. I have to go potty now. Kane just starts to laugh. He loves what is happening. He starts laughing out loud at Shelby. Aw, he says. Does little Shelby need to go potty? Stop it, Marion says. Stop teasing her. Shelby starts to cry and beg even more. Kane is even more entertained. Oh, is poor little Shelby going to pee your pants? Please stop it, Marion says. Just get on with it. Shelby's crying out loud. I have to go potty. I have to go now. Marion tries to explain to Shelby. Shelby, that man won't let you go right now. Please, just wait a minute. Please, just try and be quiet. Cain continues to laugh at the sight of this 47-year-old doing the potty dance. He's getting some sick thrill out of it, and he's hoping that she wets his pants. 
Shelby looks at Kane and says, Please, sir, please. I have to go potty. Go ahead, Kane says. Just go right there. Just pee in your pants. Shelby makes her way over to where Kane is standing. She's doing the potty dance and crying all the way. Marion hates to see Shelby suffering. Please, just let her go to the bathroom, please. Kane continues laughing. Oh, she can go. She can go right now. Shelby goes right up to Kane, pleading even more. Kane cannot control his laughter. He is truly evil. Let's just get this over with, Abe demands. Kane looks over at Abel. All in good time, little brother. What's the rush? Just enjoy the show. All of a sudden, Shelby leans her head back and then headbutts Kane. Kane falls backwards, stunned. Shelby grabs the gun from Kane's hand and grabs Kane around the neck and holds the gun to Kane's head. Then tells the two secret agents to let Abe go. At this moment, Kane and the agents realize that the whole Shelby thing was an act. Go ahead, Kane says. Shoot. See what happens. Abel takes the handcuffs from the Secret Service agents and places them on both the agents. He then makes them sit in the corner. He pulls their suit coats over their heads so that they can't see anything. He then takes the knife from Kane and pulls Kane's arm out and holds the knife to the cherub in Kane's arm, getting ready to cut it from his arm. Well, big brother, he says, you've had a good run, but it's time for you to join the rest of our family. You're making a big mistake, Kane says. Don't you get it? I'm trying to keep our species strong. What are you going to do if they come back? Just then they hear voices from the other side of the wall. Mr. President, are you okay? Help me, Kane says. Mason puts his hand over Kane's mouth, but it's too late. They can hear the Secret Service on the other side. We have to hurry, Marion says. Abel presses the knife into Kane's arm just above the cherub. Kane screams in pain. As Abel presses in the knife, the cherub starts to come out of Kane's skin. Strangely, there's no blood at all. The Secret Service yells from the other side of the wall, asking if the president is okay. Eventually, the cherub comes completely free, and it looks like a flattened cherub made of copper or bronze. The wall suddenly starts to raise up a few inches as the Secret Service continues to try and get into the room. Hurry, Marion says. Abel rushes over to the Genesis device and starts moving his hands within the pyramid. Almost simultaneously, Cain seems to lose consciousness while Mason holds him standing up. Abel continues to move things around and after a few seconds, the president slowly opens his eyes and stands up. He has a surprised look on his face. Mr. President, Marion says president nods his head in the affirmative. Marion wants to make sure that Kane is no longer in the president's body. What's the code phrase, she says. The president smiles. 
Edith Keeler must die, he says. Realizing that they have accomplished their task, she hugs the president with tears in her eyes. She cannot believe that he has actually been returned to his own body. Again, they hear the Secret Service yelling from the other side of the wall. It's okay, it's okay. The president says, now returned to his own body. I'm all right. Stand down, stand down. Just give me a second and we'll get this wall open. The three of them stand there for a moment in unbelief. They actually did it. Against all odds, they actually did it. Each of them have tears in their eyes. Then the president remembers what's going on in the Middle East. I have to get back. I'm sorry. I have to get back immediately. We have no time to lose. He then turns to Mason and salutes him. Sergeant Mason Johnson, he says, you have served your country beyond the call of duty and have literally saved the world. Not to mention me and my family. I will make sure... You are rewarded with the highest honor. I wish I could do more. Mason salutes the president. It was my greatest honor, sir. No need for thanks. No need for medals. The president then turns to Marion and salutes her as well. He says, There are no words to express what you have done, Marion. For me, for my family, for this country I will make sure that you get your life back completely and if you ever need anything I'll be there just remember Edith Keeler oh and go home and watch some Star Trek would you Marion can't speak she just hugs the president one last time then the president turns to Abel Mr. Abel he says you have my highest gratitude as well but obviously I have a few more questions about this whole thing. You think I could get you to stop by the White House for a little chat in the near future? Abe nods in agreement and then waves his arm over a triangle signal on the wall and the concrete door opens all the way. The Secret Service rushes in. The President explains that everything's okay and that they have to get back to the White House immediately. He also tells them that Marion and Mason rescued him. They release the two captive Secret Service agents, and the President and the Secret Service leave the compound. Again, the three look at each other, realizing that this is the end of their amazing journey. What do you say we release Shelby first, Abel says. Marion realizes that it's finally time for Shelby to start her new life in a new host. Can I at least say goodbye? Marion asks. Mason closes his eyes, and when they open again, Shelby appears. Marion picks up Shelby's doll and hands it to Shelby. Yay, my dolly, Shelby says. Shelby, Marion says, it's time for you to go home now. Somehow, Shelby seems to understand. I'm scared, Shelby says. Marion looks at Shelby. Oh, don't be scared, sweetie. We'll be right here with you the whole time, okay? Shelby nods 
Marion suddenly realizes how attached she had become to Shelby. Saying goodbye is much harder than she thought it would be. Shelby signals that she's ready, and Marion signals to Abel. Using the Genesis device, he transfers Shelby into a new host. Marion can see in Genesis that she enters a new host bubble. She's so glad that Shelby's finally free and starting a new life. Mason is once again in control of Johnny's body. Marion and Mason look at each other knowing that this is the moment that they part ways and the moment that they have dreaded. Mason looks at Dr. Marion. Thank you so much, he says. You gave me a second life. I'd love to say I'll never forget you, but it appears as though I don't have any choice. Marion hugs him and the two kiss each other goodbye as tears stream down each of their faces. Neither of them want to let go. After a few moments, they turn and face Abel. While holding hands, they signal that they're ready. As they stand there waiting, for some reason Abe is not using the device to transfer Mason into a new host. What are you waiting for, Marion says. Let's just get this over with. Are you trying to punish us? Without saying a word, Abe walks over to Marion, pulls out her arm, and pulls it towards him. What are you doing, she says. Abe then places the cherub that had been removed from Cain's arm onto Marion's wrist. Suddenly it glows brightly, and then it embeds into her arm. Marion is shocked and confused. I don't understand, she says. Abe looks at her. I'm tired. I've done this for too long. I want to know what it's like to have my own life. To get married. To have kids. It's time for somebody else to guard Genesis. Marion doesn't want this responsibility. She says, how am I supposed to do that? I don't want to spend my life alone. Plus, I'm not equipped to be able to protect this thing on my own. Plus, how am I going to even do that without anybody's help? Abe looks over at Mason. Because you won't be alone, Marion. Mason realizes what Abe is suggesting. No way, he says. As much as I would love to say this is not my body. This can't happen. That just wouldn't be fair to Johnny. Abel looks at Mason. I'm not talking about Johnny's body, he says. I'm talking about this one, pointing to himself. He then takes out the knife and pries the flaming sword out of his forearm and hands it to Marion. Now, he says, use Genesis to transfer Mason into my body and transfer me into a new host. Then... Put this flaming sword on Mason's wrist after I'm gone. That will make you 
the new guardians, and you can be together. Marion is so excited at the prospect of being together with Mason, but she's concerned about this great responsibility. We don't know anything about guarding the device, she says, and we don't have any resources or anywhere to take it. Abe responds with a smile. Start by taking Genesis to my house. That will be your new home. Use all of the supplies and the money. There's everything there that you could ever need. You'll also find that I've documented everything since we arrived on this planet. Use that information to get up to speed. Marion and Mason look at each other with excitement. Are they actually going to be able to be together? They both look at Abel with gratitude and in agreement. Marion says, we'll never forget you, Abel, or what you have done for us. Abe then instructs Marion how to control Genesis. After they say goodbye, she uses it to transfer Abe into a new host and then Mason into Abe's body. When Mason opens his eyes, he and Marion smile and embrace, more tears running down their faces. Then they hear Johnny's voice. Dr. Marion? They turn and look at Johnny. He's dazed and somewhat confused. He hasn't been out for a long time. Johnny, Marion says, welcome back. It's over. Everything's going to be okay. What happened, Johnny says. Why do I, why do I feel so different? Because everyone's gone now, Johnny. Mason, Shelby, they're all gone. It's just you. Johnny smiles as he takes in the prospect of just being alone. A few days later, Mason and Marion arrive back at Abe's house. They've returned Johnny to his family and have brought the Genesis device with them. And as they enter the kitchen, Mason says, So, what do we do now? Marion responds, Well, I don't know about you, but I think we need to pay a little visit to Mr. Andrew Scott and pay our regards. Mason responds, Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that guy. I'd like to have a few words with him as well. There's something else, Marion says. Something that's been bothering me. What's that, Mason asks. I want to know who killed little Shelby. I think we need to do something about that. Mason agrees. Then Marion notices something on the kitchen table. There's a card sitting there that she didn't notice before. It's sitting half open. It has a strange symbol on the front. It looks kind of like a cross with an oval at the top end. What's this, she says. Marion picks it up and is surprised that it's a note from Abe. And it simply reads, They were here before, 
and they will come again. What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com.